Good Friday evening, everyone. We're going a little bit different with the best bets show this week, as is the case for many people. The holidays can change up the plans a little bit, which is a good thing. Uh, I'm just getting back from a trip with the family. And Yanni, I know you were traveling some over the break, too. How was how's your break been? Man, it, it has been really nice. Uh, I, I know I think you and I crisscrossed. I went up to the cold. You came down yeah. to the sun here, and then we crisscrossed back again. But it's been nice, man. Just, uh, you know, spend a little time with the family, a little extra time handicapping. It's It's been good. It's been good. Yeah, that's really good. Are you back at work? Uh, were you back at work this week at all, or did you did you have the week off? No, oh, yeah, I uh, I the majority of my week has been spent handicapping, which is the way I like nice. it. So yeah, nice. it's, it's been a good uh, good relaxing week. Haven't set the yeah. alarm. It's, it's been good, man. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. Anytime you can not set an alarm, that's a you that's a good it. good day. So you got it. Um, well, hey, we're um, you know we're we're live right now. This will also be I'll put this out as a podcast afterwards. But um, we're just gonna go back and forth and talk about some games that we like. And you know, if if we've made a a pick or a bet, we can say that. I actually have only made one bet so far, but have lo- it's partly because being down in Florida, I had access to one book as opposed to like the seven or eight books that I have here back home. So uh, that is why I have not placed many bets at this point. So. You you get a lot of you get a lot of freedoms in Florida, but sports betting is not one of them, unfortunately. Yeah, totally, totally. I was very very limited uh, in in that regard. So, well, hey, let's uh, let me start with you. If you do, you have a game that you like that you're looking at, where maybe you have a pick this week. Yeah, you know, I'll say first of all, and this doesn't help anyone out there. I mean, there's a lot of good CLV this week that, that you know, <laughs> stuff that I think has worked out. I mean, for example, I was I was kind of on the 49ers and then, you know, what happened with Derek Carr. So, you know, there's a lot of that, but I think it's important to point out obviously that a lot of numbers that maybe initially I had my eye on, they're gone, right? So, you know, now we're we're kind of in that phase two of finding what else is out there, but I still think there is I still think there's quite a few games that that offer value out there or potential wagers. And, you know, I'm going to start with one that um, it was taken off the board today, but it's been up and you could get plus three and that's the Steelers at the Ravens. I think that's a really interesting game for a lot of reasons. I mean, number one, for my money, that's probably the best rivalry in the NFL at this point for me. I, I mean, I think when those two teams play, even in a year like this where maybe the Steelers are down a little bit and the Ravens have been, you know, on and off, it's a great game. And and I think the way I look at this game is this, it looks like Tyler Huntley's probably going to go. That's probably going to mean you're going to have to shop if you want to get that plus three, because obviously if it's at plus two and a half, that may change your, your mind here. But if you can still find that plus three, or if you have that plus three, I like Pittsburgh in this spot, man, they're, they're playing good football. They've won five out of their last six And you know these games between these two teams, they're close. They're just really close. So you're getting that key number with Pittsburgh here. I I think they have a very legitimate chance to win this game outright. But that being said, you're getting the key number of three there. I like Pittsburgh in this game. What do you you think on that one? Yeah, I... This is a tough one for me, I think. I, I do agree. Tyler Huntley just has not... He just hasn't done much, and he doesn't have a lot of weapons around him right now, and the Steelers have done a good job, especially recently here, of stopping the run. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but had looked uh, at some of that earlier today, especially here recently. They've been really good against the run, and so if you're going to force Tyler Huntley to throw to 
Mark Andrews and who else? Uh, Deshaun Jackson, maybe. It does feel hard to know how they score. I think the thing that it will be interesting to me in this game is, is the other side. The Ravens' defense has been really good lately. Um, they also have been stopping the run well. And I think if they're able to create some turnovers, um, which is maybe easier said than done, and we know that there's a little bit of luck that plays into that, but I think that's going to be actually really important for them. Um, and the Steelers may, may be willing to oblige with that, but the Steelers do just have more offensive weapons right now. So I actually have a little bit of interest, even though it's so low. I don't know if I can... I've only played uh, in and under a number like this. It's at 35 right now, maybe 35 and a half. I've only done that the week, you know, what was that last week, two weeks ago with the crazy weather um, in the Browns game? I played under a very short number there, but I'm a little bit interested in the under here. I think these are two good defenses. I don't know how the Ravens score if the game stays close. It feels to me like it would have to be a low scoring game. So, um, yeah, I, I yeah. agree with you on that. I mean, I, you know, that was honestly one of the first angles I looked at is the under. And I that number for me a little too low, even though I think you're right. It yeah. probably does stay under. I just when you anytime you play a number like that, with the exception of a weather game, as you mentioned there, you're one fumbled kickoff return pick six you know your one play like that from basically blowing up your under at that point so i you know it, it, i think you're right i think this True. is low scoring it could be first one to 20 wins for sure so you know i'm with you on that as far as the angle goes i just that that's a little low for me i just these teams yeah. play close games if you go back all the time they're playing one score games and you know i understand that this isn't the same steelers team you know big big ben's not there but i think at this point I give quarterback advantage to Kenny Pickett over Tyler Huntley at this point. So yeah. I, that you know that's kind of the way I look at it here is again plus three to me. Again, you got to really weigh this option here. If it's plus two and a half, you may want to pass on this. But I think if you can still get that plus three, I don't know. I I just think the Steelers. I actually think they find a way to win this game. But you know, if not, maybe it's a you know one or two point loss or worst case scenario, you get a push out of it. Yeah. So. Um... I agree that I think that's the better side. And the other thing that I'd be really interested in here, you know, we talk about teasers a lot. And I think any time that you can tease a game that has a very low total, there's more value on that than if the to you're, you're in a game that's two and a half, but it's a 50-something point total. So I love the Steelers as yeah. a teaser leg here, too. I mean, a six-point teaser gets you all the way through eight. Absolutely. Which is phenomenal, I think. We just got to find something else to pair it with. But But I like that. Uh, is that something you would look to do here too? Absolutely. I mean, I think that, well, first of all, the, the number lines up for it anyhow, but I think you bring up a great right. point with a low total there. It's, I mean, again, these teams play one score games. It's what they do. I don't see either team running away with this one. I just don't see that happening. So if you're getting more than a score out of that, you're getting eight and a half or nine. Psh, absolutely. Yep. Love it. I was, uh, I was trying to look up here what you can get Steelers plus three, four, man, yeah, you'll have to look around on MGM. Is I just looked it up on MGM. It's minus one forty now for the Ooh. plus three. They're making you pay for it. Two and a half is minus one fifteen uh, on that site. So, like you said, just shop it around and see where see how the line moves. You know, approaching this game too. Uh, things yeah, don't necessarily stay totally static. I think, and in, in this is maybe off the betting angle, but more on the sports angle here. Lamar Jackson was really expected to play in this game. And, you know, yeah. I think that most people believed he was going to play, hence the minus three that was originally out there. 
Um, obviously he's not going to play, which I mean, you know, you can see they're accounting for that there. And, and you're right though. I think you bring up a great point. If you're looking at two and a half, I would much rather play the teaser angle at two and a half than, than, you know, obviously playing the Steelers there at that point. Yeah. I like it. All right. Awesome. Uh, great way to kick it off. So I'm going to take us, I, I, I'm going to take us to the Vikings and Packers. I'm not doing that because I like the Vikings. I actually think this is a really interesting game from a betting perspective this week. Um, so Minnesota, as we know, much better record than what their numbers would indicate. They win a lot of one score games um, and they've continued to do that. The thing that's interesting to me in this game is the Packers now are on this three game win streak um, and they're getting a lot of hype and I'm starting like, the chatter I hear out there, and I know it just depends on who you're listening to, but a few of the podcasts I've listened to, some of what I see on gambling Twitter is almost like it's a foregone conclusion that the Packers are going to win these last two games and make it into the playoffs now. And I think the perspective the pe that people have on who this Packers team is, is really getting skewed. Um, and it's almost like people are bringing who the Packers have been in the past into this season and applying it to a team that just hasn't played well for most of the year. And I was, um, I'm trying to find here. Okay. So just wanted to go through the schedule of, of who they beat here. So they won at Chicago. Chicago is still in the running for the worst record in, in the league. And granted, Justin Fields has been a lot of fun and he's put up some big games and Chicago's offense has made things exciting. But being in a close game with Chicago, I believe they were even, were they behind in the fourth quarter of that game? Or at least in the second half, I think. Maybe I'll look that up here in a minute. Yeah. But it, it just, it wasn't a blowout, even right. though I think they won by more than a score at the end. Then they had a bye. Then they beat the Rams at home, which was Baker Mayfield's first game, I believe, where he had like two days to prep. So he didn't really, really even know the playbook. And they beat the Rams. And that wasn't a blowout, though it was, you know, it wasn't ever in doubt, really. Then they go down to Miami, and I think the biggest play in that game is the Dolphins have the chance to go up three scores going into halftime. Raheem Mostert fumbles, and the Packers go down and score. Now, all credit to the Packers. They went and got it done, so I'm not trying to take that away from them. I'm just saying that that game might have gotten out of hand for them if Mostert hadn't fumbled there and they had been able to go down and score. So they won the game. Credit to them for that. But I'm just saying some of this, I think, looks better than it actually is. Then on the Vikings side, um, Green Bay's defense still has not been very good against the run. So I think there's a chance that Dalvin Cook's going to be able to run here. And the biggest reason that I think that matters is if Dalvin Cook can run, it's going to open up the play-action passing game, which Kirk Cousins is really good at. And I think that if he's able to get time in play-action passing, I still think their offense is actually going to be too much for Green Bay. Um, in addition, I think Watson might be out. I haven't heard anything final on that, um, but that's going to be a big loss for them if they're down that weapon. So for me here, I have not bet this yet, partly, I, again, because I just got back – If you know, you know this about me. I don't necessarily like to bet the Vikings even, but I am really thinking about taking the Vikings plus three here, thinking that at, at worst they can stay in another close game. And even if they lose, maybe they lose a close one. Um, what are you thinking about this one? Yeah, you, you may have uh, you may have stated and read my article verbatim there. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, I I think you, you're spot on in terms of the public's perception of the Packers at this point. 
And the Minnesota narrative have been, has been talked about for the last six weeks. So, I mean, this is, this is nothing new, but I think now is the time to buy back in on Minnesota. I think everybody was kind of, kind of out on them for the last month and a half. And I get it. Um, but I think this is the week to buy back in because of that Packers narrative. I think that, like you said, it's people just assume, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's the Packers. They, they, this team's great. They're not. They're, they're not great. And I think you highlighted kind of why they're not great. Now, kudos to them, as you said. They've worked their way back into potentially trying to get into the playoffs. But this, to me, is a huge, huge, huge game. I think this is probably the most intriguing game of the weekend. Um, I'm not going to say the best per se, but the most intriguing because you've got big brother Green Bay playing little brother Minnesota. The Vikings have a chance to step on their throat here and, and end years of frustration, honestly. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's kind of the way that I'm looking at this is, are, are we going to see the Packers do what they do, which is be a pain in the ass to the Vikings? Or is this where the Vikings take a stand and say, you know what, your time is over. This is our division this year where, you know, this this is it. So I'm really intrigued to watch this game. But there's a couple things. First of all, I bet this instantly when it came out at three and a half because I wanted mm. the hook there and I figured that it would probably go the, you know, the direction. Now, I am a little surprised just because of the love for Green Bay that it has gone to the field goal there. But I think that you, you have this like anomaly where it's a, I don't know if there's a such thing, but a square sharp game where like both teams mm. are square in this case, uh. but you know, they're, they're, but they're both sharp. And, and I think when I say that, I look at it this way, as you, as you know, better than anyone, the Vikings have played almost every game close. I mean, it, they've had, they've been in more close games than anyone in the league this year. They've won them in this case. If we're getting three, we don't even need them to win. You know, I mean, right. Say, right. So right. we're not even saying like, Hey, I think Minnesota has got to win this game. Who's to say that maybe it's not 24 to 23 and maybe the Packers do win, right? It's a close game and who knows, whatever. That being said, I think the Vikings can win this game outright. I really believe that. I just think they are a better team. To me, there's two keys to this game. Number one, you touched on it. Dalvin Cook has to get 25 carries in this game. The Vikings, and I, I get it. They've got Justin Jefferson. I get it. Their coach wants to, you know, he's he's a little more innovative, kind of a, a newer school guy. I get it. But when you look at the, the box score, Dalvin Cook does not get enough touches. And I realize he hasn't been as explosive maybe this year as, he, as he's been in the last couple years. I mean, his, his yards per carry in some of these games has not been yep. great. But I just, to me, it's like he's got to touch the ball here because I don't think Green Bay can stop their running game. I really don't. I think if they force the issue throwing, they're playing into Green Bay's favor here. So I think coaching is going to be important in this game. And on the other side of the ball, the the Vikings have got to find a way to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, you know they've been sporadic with their pressure. They, they've had yep. spurts where Zadarius Smith gets going. They've had spurts where they get some pressure. But then it's like they have these these other spurts where quarterbacks are just feasting out of the pocket there. And they can't let that happen because Rodgers is too good, even with limited weapons. He's too good at home to not take advantage of that. So I think the Vikings have to run the ball and they've got to find a way to get some pressure. But at the end of the day, I don't see any way that this isn't a three point game. I mean, I just I feel in my heart of hearts here. This is a three point game. Again, if we're getting the three points, to me, I'm looking at it as, hey, worst case, we're getting a push out of this deal. But I think realistically, we got a potential win. 
obviously a, a, a cover if it's a one or two point game. And like I said, worst case we push. So I, I'm on the Vikings here big time. Man, uh, I like hearing that. And I will uh, be reading your article tomorrow morning when I'm doing all my capping. I retweeted it already, but I haven't had the chance to read it. So I'll get it, get it enough, man. Page, you know? yeah. I, one other thing in this game that I think is interesting. So it, it is no secret that Minnesota's defense and their past defense in particular is atrocious. Um, and I am fully on board with that. It's been horrendous. Now, I think the scheme is partly to blame there. It is certainly not all the way to blame. And so it's going to be interesting to see if they do anything more creative to try to get pressure on Rodgers, which you alluded to. The other thing here, this is not going to solve all the problems. But part of Minnesota's woes in the passing game have been injuries. And every team in the league has injuries. So I'm not saying like, oh, they have it worse than everyone else. But they do get Cam Dantzler back this week at cornerback, and that's a solid corner now on the other side from Patrick Peterson. And so they're not all of a sudden going to flip a switch and be this great pass defense. But I do think that it allows them to play hopefully a little bit better pass defense, getting a solid NFL-level cornerback back this week as well. No, it's a good call out. I think that's a very fair call out because I think when you look where they've been gashed, where's it been right in the slot and on the opposite corner of Peterson. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that's a very fair call out. And I mean, I, to me, none of those weapons on Green Bay are scaring me. I mean, not, not even Watson. And, and again, whether or not he even plays, I mean, he's really, to me, the only true vertical threat. I know Dobbs has some speed, but I, I don't I mean, I, that's the other thing, too, here is. Green Bay generally has thrown the ball underneath this year, right? I mean, we don't see a whole lot of down the field stuff out of them. And I think that that's a combination of, you know, that inconsistency with the receivers and what I would call underwhelming pass blocking. And when you look, the Packers offensive line grades out pretty well, but I don't see it, at least with my eye test when I watch him. To me, it seems like Rodgers is under pressure when he throws. And I don't know why they're grading out as high as they do. You know, I don't know, maybe they're better than I think they are, but I just, I, I to me, this is one of those things where it's like, can Zadarius Smith be a, a difference maker in this game? You know, can he mm. get in the backfield and cause havoc? I, to me, that's a key in this game for sure. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, this is one um, I'm definitely thinking about the money line as well. I mean, when you, I brought this up one time before the different game, but the implied probability of the money line right now is just under 40%. So, again, if you think Minnesota wins this game more than four times out of ten, then that would indicate there's value on that money line. Um, and and to me, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is a close game, like we said, right? And in a close game, it probably is somewhere in the in the range of a coin flip, most likely. So. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it on the Steelers. I know it's not the traditional number, but you could also tease the Vikings to plus True. nine here. Because, again, other than that Eagles game, which they were in a bad spot at the beginning of the year, I mean – they played everybody close, win, lose, or draw. So if you're getting nine points, who is this Green Bay offense? Who are they going to beat by 10 points at this point, right? Maybe the right. Bears, right? I, you know, so right, right. I, I yeah. think when you look at that, I mean, this is definitely a teasable angle, too, if you don't feel confident. I mean, to me, getting that key number of plus three makes all the difference. But, I mean, if you truly want to, I think you could absolutely tease this because I think the probability of that plus nine hitting, I mean, that that's as, gosh, that's as good as you can get in the NFL. Yeah, that's probably another another good leg potentially with that Steelers leg of two and a half, you know. Yep. And I mean, Minnesota is one of those teams like the Eagles and the Cowboys. They got blown out in both of those games, you know. But 
I don't know. The Packers aren't either of those teams. No. The Cowboys and the Eagles are two of the best teams in the league, and and the Packers are not yep. this year. So, all right, um, we worked through that one. How uh, something else that's sticking out to you? Another game you'd want to talk about? I think a uh, another really good game quietly is the Jets in Seattle. Um, you know, you got two teams. This is essentially a playoff game. I mean, realistically here, these teams need to win to continue to have a chance at the postseason here. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, I put, well, I said, who would have thought at the beginning of this year, we'd be looking at the jets at Seattle and saying, oh man, this is going to be playoff implications and whatever. I mean, so credit to both of those teams, credit to both, both of those coaching staffs, all they've done, but I'll tell you what here, I think this is a tough spot for the Seahawks here. I think the Jets have a very good chance of continuing their playoff push here. And I think Seattle continues to get knocked down. We've seen the last month or so they've kind of, you know, I'm going to say reverted back to a little bit about what we thought they might be, which is a little bit of a soft defense Um, offense, not quite as explosive as it was earlier in the year. And and I think a lot of that had to do the last couple of weeks with Tyler Lockett being out. I mean, he is a huge, I mean, Lockett's got to be one of the most underrated players in the league. He really does. He does not get the credit for being as instrumental of a player as he is. And he, you know, I think he's 50, 50 to play. So obviously that's going to play a factor here, but I look at it this way. I think the Jets defense is going to absolutely be able to clamp down on the Seattle offense, whether Lockett plays or not. Obviously, if Lockett's out, I think that helps the Jets cause tremendously. But even if he's in there, we know their corners can match up. They're good at stopping the run, which is what Seattle wants to try to do. So I don't see the Seahawks putting up a lot of points in this game. And you might say, well, what can the Jets do? Remember, Mike White's coming back this week, and this is two different teams between Mike White and Zach Wilson. We saw that evidently on the primetime game with Zach Wilson. Who knows if that guy, who knows what his career is going to look like two years from now, if he's even going to be in the league. But what we do know is Mike White, the Jets offense believes in him. They like playing for him. He's a tough guy. I mean, we saw that. He played the second half against the Bills with cracked ribs and whatever else he had going on there. This team believes in him. I think there's a couple things. Number one, the Jets are going to be able to run the ball on Seattle here. Seattle has not been good stopping the run. And to me, that makes this Jets team very dangerous. When they run the ball, they throw the ball really well. So I think back actually that game against the Vikings, um, you know, when the Jets were able to move the ball through the air, and it's because they started running the ball, you know, pretty well to start the game there. I see a very similar game in this one. And I, I know it's a tough it's a tough road spot. I mean, going into Seattle is not an easy place to play. We know that that crowd's gonna be loud, they're gonna be fired up. But essentially, this game's a pick, right? We're at what minus one for yeah. the Jets, give or take, uh, whatever book you're at. So yeah. realistically, here, I just think the Jets are on a different level than the Seahawks here. And I think it's a great matchup from an X's and O's standpoint for the Jets. So Overall, I like them here. I think they find a way to get it done. I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I don't think they're going to walk away with a, a blowout win here by any means, but I think they get it done. I think they find a way to win here. So for me, minus one, give me the Jets. Yeah, man, I've been the last couple of days trying to figure out an angle of how to get to the Seahawks. Uh, I think it's partly just because I've enjoyed them and I do like what Geno Smith has done. I think that their offense is better than what they've shown in recent weeks. They might be running out of gas a little bit, but I do think Lockett playing or not is a huge deal um, because they need two receiving options. And I don't think Fant is really going to be that option or anything. Right. Um, So I think that that's huge. 
But man, I just can't get there. Like, I think the Jets are the kind of team that is the worst matchup for the Seahawks. Agree, agree. Because like they need to, like, I think they're, I mean, it didn't play out this way. And this is probably a little too strong, but take it for what it's worth. They're almost better off playing a team like the Chiefs. Agree. You know, like, hey, they're going to score a lot, but maybe we could score a lot too. And we could get in a shootout and maybe make something happen. But, man, a team like the Jets that just locks people down on defense, I mean, I think maybe they go out and they score, like, 13 points again. And there's just no way that that defense beats anyone scoring 13 points. So I've been trying to get to the Seahawks. I can't do it. Um, And so I like the Jets here as well um, and just can't figure out a way to get around that. So. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I I, I just and I, I agree with you. I think the Seahawks, they're a good story this year. And again, I, I'm happy for Geno Smith, happy for Pete Carroll. I mean, you know, you, you got to respect what they've done. But I just think that that I don't want to call it luck because that's not the right word. But but some of that, I guess, magic they had early in the year, it's just fading away. And I think that to me, this is kind of one of those where the the true better football team steps up. And to me, the Jets are a good football team with a quarterback question. They, I don't know that Mike White necessarily answers that question, but he at least can temporarily bridge that question, you know, in a game like this to get them done, to get it done. Yeah. I mean, I think we're on the same page where all they need a quarterback is someone who isn't terrible. Right. Because Zach Wilson has been absolutely terrible. So Uh, I actually heard, I wish I could remember which show it was on, but I, on our road trip, I listened to like six podcasts. So I don't remember which one it was, but someone saying like, which which NFL starting NFL quarterbacks would the Jets not be a playoff team with this year? And if you go through the teams, it's like almost every starting quarterback in the league, I think would get the Jets to the playoffs, except for Zach Wilson. (laughs) And, you know, maybe there's one or two others, but. Well, I was amazed when they put up Zach Wilson's first, whatever, 16 starts and compared them to Jamarcus Russell. And right. Yeah. They basically have the same stat line and it's like, oh man, that is not, not good. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe he'll get a fresh start somewhere. Maybe he'll turn it around, but man, at this point. At, at this point, that's just looking like an absolute bust. And, you know, that's frustrating enough when you're picking second in a draft, but it's really frustrating when you've put together a good team outside of that. Because think about that. You know, if they, to your point, if they plug almost any other quarterback into that lineup, this team's in the playoffs and they still may get into the yeah. playoffs here. But uh, it's, I don't know. And I'll tell you what, as a Bills fan, this Jets team, it worries me because if they land a Derek Carr yeah. or, you know, even a Jimmy G or somebody, they could be an 11, you know, 12 win team. And, and it might sound crazy, but I mean, when you look at how they, the, the number of games that, what are they going to end up winning this year? Eight, nine games, give or take. So yeah. they did that with Zach Wilson and Mike White and Joe Flacco. I mean, yeah. I, you know, you start looking at that and saying, my gosh, what if they have a, a even just an average quarterback at Jimmy G, you know, a Derek Carr, all of a sudden, be a really good team so yeah yep uh, it's man that that uh afc east is gonna be be tough for a while so no. um all right uh here, here's another one i want to talk about and i do actually want to get to your thoughts on the bills after this because i'm very curious what you think about that game but before we get there 
Um, I want to talk about the shittiest team in the league that's playing for a division title this weekend. And that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going against the Carolina Panthers. This line, I believe, opened around plus seven for the Panthers, at least before um, last week's games. And right now is at plus four. I think it came down to plus three even as maybe gotten some action and gone back up to plus four. Um, what are what are your thoughts on and and just to set the table if people don't know the Buccaneers beat the Panthers this week they win the division uh, I believe that's the case right the Panthers have to beat Tampa Bay uh, to still have a chance there because that would give Tampa Bay the tiebreaker so right um, yeah what are your thoughts on this one yeah boy first of all I think there's a reason that number went from the plus six or seven down to the plus three that it hit um, I think to your point it's plus three and a half or plus four now. I would still side with the Panthers here. I just, I can't trust this Tampa Bay team at all. I mean, the eye test, the last couple of weeks watching this Tampa team, I, I mean, it's really, really bad. Like they cannot move the football on offense. Defensively, they're, they're still playing, I would say, good football. Not great, but I mean, they play good football. I, the, here's where... Unfortunately for Carolina, this isn't a great matchup. And the reason being is we saw them pound on the Lions with their running game last week. And I don't think they're going to be able to do this against Tampa. And, and let's all let's put it out there. Tampa's not what they were stopping the run two and three years ago when, when they flat out wouldn't let anyone run on them. That, that's not who they are. But they're still good at stopping the run. They can still stop it, especially when they know it's coming there. So to me, that puts a lot of pressure on Darnold here in this game. And I don't know that that's where the, the Panthers necessarily want to be. That being said, I don't trust this Tampa offense at all. They can't throw the ball more than five yards down the field. They, they just can't. Mike Evans is a, a virtual non-factor they're not in sync. They, you know, offensive line has struggled. They don't run the ball particularly well. If you ask me, I'm taking the points with Carolina here now. However, I think the angle here, if you want to bet this game, is actually the under because of what we said mm. here. I mean, I don't see Carolina running the ball that well. Again, don't know what that does with Darnold. And I just don't see Tampa lighting it up. Now, I worry a little bit. J.C. Horn's out for the Panthers this yep. week. That's big because all of a sudden, you know, now it's like, okay, we got – backup defensive backs on guys like Mike Evans. But again, can Tampa get the, can they get their protection down? Can they take advantage of this? I don't know. It's like Tampa's so crazy though, because we watched 55 minutes of them with complete ineptness, really the last two weeks. But last week we watched 55 minutes of just utter incompetence on offense. And then all of a sudden they go up tempo and, you know, Brady nine yards here, 12 yards here, 13 yards here. And it's like, where has this been? Why can they not do this throughout the course of a game? And that's always what scares me with that Tampa offense is it seems like they should be able to do that. And you see it every once in a while and you're like, Oh yeah, they, they finally, they got to figure it out. They're going to go up tempo, whatever. But then next week it's like right back to it. So that's a long winded way of saying for me, I'm on the Panthers. I'm on the under or else I'm not betting this. I just can't get in on this Tampa team right now at this point. I, I just can't do it. Yeah. So you know that I have hated Tampa Bay. Um, they're personally offensive to me, <laughs> which is, Makes it all the more crazy that I'm actually thinking about going their way this weekend. And I did not start there. Number one, I am kicking myself because I, I was looking at lines early and I saw that Carolina plus seven. And I, it was while we were traveling. I went to bed. 
was like, I'm going to look at that tomorrow. I look it back up and it's down to like four or whatever. I'm like, crap, I missed that seven. So uh, props to anyone who got that. Uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, go I, ahead. I, I was just going to say, what do you think about the under there? I mean, knowing that the, the I'm going to say the best numbers for Carolina are gone. I mean, look, plus four is still a good number. Yes, you can say that, hey, in the look ahead, it was plus six or seven. I still don't think that's a horrible number. But anyways, what do you think about the under? No, I mean, I agree because Tampa Bay hasn't been able to score. And I mean, I think so. So two things to get to my to my like without beating around the bush of why I'm interested in Tampa Bay here. Number one, it goes to the injury report. You already talked about J.C. Horn. So that's big on Carolina's side. But if you go to the other side to Tampa Bay, Tristan Wirfs is probable. Uh Let's see who's the other Donovan Smith Donovan is Smith. probable. Yep. Vita Vea is probable on the defensive line. Like this is a team that has been really beaten up and they're getting some key pieces back. I think right. that offensive line, if they get these pieces back now, Tom Brady's been like bouncing passes to people at times. So it doesn't help to have protection if you can't get the ball to anybody. So it's not like I have a huge amount of confidence but I do think that Horn being out is a big deal, and I think that the people Tampa's getting back is a big deal. Yeah. The thing that makes me worried about it, though, is Tampa's coaching. Their coaching is so shitty. Mm -hmm. Like, you just talked about how they went up-tempo and were able to move the ball. But guess what they're going to do when they come out next week? They're going to run the ball on first down, slow it down, throw these – like – they're not going to do what's going to get them the win. And that's the thing that's hard is I don't think they're good, even if they do everything right and have everyone back. But I think they could be competent and I think they could win a game like this. Um, because I, I worry. Yeah, I worry about Carolina scoring. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, that, you know, you mentioned Vita Vey, and I didn't mean to cut you off there, but you mentioned no, you're Vita good. Vey. You look at how Carolina, when they've played well, Dante Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, they're they're running the ball. And we saw it last week. Yeah. I mean, they dominated Detroit on, on those offensive trenches. And I just don't see that. I mean, the, to your point, I mean, this is really going to be the, well, not the first time, but one of the few times that Vita Vea, Akeem Hicks, they have their, you know, kind of big guys on the middle, on the interior of that line. Um, obviously, we know about their linebackers. So I just, I don't see being able to run the ball. And again, that puts a lot of pressure on Darnold. And I, at this point, I don't think we have enough I don't think we have enough, or at least I don't have enough confidence in Darnold to say that, hey, whatever. That That's why, you know, to me, I think if, if anything, I would lean under in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't hate that under. Tampa Bay's proven over and over that they can't score. I was just going back to their game log. I mean, they scored. I, I'm just looking at games where they even scored over, one time in the last five games have they been over 20. And right. that was 23. It wasn't like 35 or something, you know? Yep. I mean, all season, they scored 31 against Kansas City all the way back in October. And other than that, like, they haven't been over 23 points. It's it's just so hard because I think when you hear names like Brady, Evans, Godwin, um, you know, you mentioned even their lineman, Tristan Wirfs there, Leonard Fournette. I mean, you hear these names and you're like, man, these are really good players. And they are. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, but then you, it doesn't match up. And again, is that coaching? Is it, I mean, who knows? Is it a combination of things? What is it? But at the end of the day, the, the, the bark is worse than the bite is, is really what it comes down to. You, you know, you see on paper and you're like, oh man, Evans, Godwin, Brady, what, what are we going to do here? And then you watch them play and you're like, this team sucks. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't match up with what it should be. That I think that's for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Oh man. All right. I'll, I'll think about that under, I think this is one I probably don't get to a bet on, on either side. Um, 
but four points is a lot still four points is a lot in a game that's probably low scoring and close so yep all right uh time for the big show we got to get to the bills here and honestly i don't have any major insights i am super pumped to watch this game i think this is two really good teams um who both probably have a path to victory so i'm excited to watch it but let me know what you're thinking, man. Uh, how do you feel about your Bills this weekend? Eh, not great. Um, you know, they they haven't been playing their best football. And, I, I mean, it's a good thing when you're a good team and you can find ways to win even when you're not playing your best football. But at the same time, you'd like to have some momentum going into a game like this. And it's like, you know, last week, I see it both ways. You know, the Bills did not play well, yet they beat the Bears by 22 points, right? So it's like, okay, you won by 22, but you didn't play well. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? <laughs> and, and I think it's a little bit of both when you, when you look at that there. But I, I don't like the way that, I, I don't like the way they're playing heading into this game. And that doesn't necessarily mean much because we know that good teams in particular, they, they can get it going when they need to. I do think Josh Allen is going to have a big game here. He has kind of proven, really, when you look at the games he struggled in this year, it's kind of ironic. He threw a couple picks against the Bears. He threw, you know, a couple picks against the Lions. He threw a couple picks, mm. you know, against these teams. And it's like, it's almost like he, I, I don't want to say that he's toying with it, but it's just kind of like he's not taking it seriously. And, and I don't think that's the case, but it's, it's like he's doing things. And it, when you watch that, and you see, wow, he had the check down wide open. Why, why didn't he take the six-yard check down to the running back, right? And again, I think he's kind of like, well, whatever. If I throw a pick here, we'll come back and win. You know, it's right. kind of one of those things. I don't think he's going to do that against a team like the Bengals. I think when we've seen when they played the better teams, whether that's the Dolphins, um, you know, or whatever, he he doesn't do that. He does take the checks downs. You know, he is more uh, apt to tuck and run and, and that kind of a thing. So I think that he'll have a good performance, and I think he's going to have to. And I think, quite frankly, the Bills are going to have to outscore the Bengals in this game um, because I think that that Cincinnati is ripe to put up a lot of points here. First of all, home field advantage is going to be big here. I mean, that's going to be a raucous stadium there. That's going to be a uh, that's going to be a tough environment there. But really, what I look at here is this: the Bengals' offensive line has been playing better the last half of the season. I think we we saw them at the beginning of the year, and we're like, man, this offensive line stinks. Well, guess what? They've kind of gelled, and now they're doing pretty well. Now, they did lose Lyle Collins on the right tackle there. We'll see how much of an impact that has on them. I didn't realize prior to that that the Bengals had basically played their same starting five all season, which, I mean, that's hard to do in 2022, right? Not many teams can say that. Um, so, you know, we'll see how much of an impact that has. But to me, there's two things that this is going to be a game where I think we're, as, as Bills fans, or if you're an NFL fan, you're going to notice the going to notice a few things here. You're going to notice the absence of Von Miller and Micah Hyde in this game. I, I really believe that. I think that that limits what they can do defensively. And I don't know, I, Tyler Boyd, actually, they had asked him a question about, you know, the Bills defense. And he basically said, hey, you know, we've been watching tape. They don't do anything special. He's like, they, they line up in a base coverage and, you know, whatever. And he's basically saying, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and I can beat that all day long. And quite frankly, I think he's right. I mean, I think that when you look at, and, and obviously you saw the Vikings game against the Bills where they, the style that they play when you're playing a guy like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or T Higgins, it's not good. They give them a cushion and they let these guys that are super fast, super athletic, they, they try to keep it in front of them, which I mean, okay, sure. That's fine. Nobody wants to get beat deep, but 
to me, that middle of the field is going to be wide open for the Bengals in this game all game long. And, you know, unless something can happen like a turnover, right? You know, a tip ball and an interception, something like that. I think Cincinnati is going to move the ball pretty easily throwing it here, especially if they can't get pressure on Burrow, which again, not having Von Miller there, that, that could be a problem here. The flip side is here's where I'm really worried as a Bills fan here. Their offensive line is not good. It, it's just not. They have basically, now they do get Mitch Morse back, their center. He's an important piece to that offensive line. He missed the last week and a half. So that'll help. But I'll tell you what, Trey Hendrickson on the right side, Sam Hubbard for the Bengals on the left side, they're going to feast against those offensive tackles. And when you watch this game, watch that matchup. So now if Allen can overcome that, if he can see that and either get, get rid of the ball quickly or tuck and run, maybe they'll get away with that. But if not, we're going to see some things we saw the last couple weeks, which is, wow, tackle gets beat. Allen doesn't see the blitz coming or the, you know, the rush coming fumble, right? Or something to those things. So I think there's a couple things here. Takeaways are going to be key either way. Uh, you know, that, that's a pretty yeah. cliche thing, but obviously turnover battle is going to be big here. But I just, I think at this point, when I look at the offensive line of the Bills versus the offensive line of the Bengals, that's where the difference in this game lies. And I think as a result, Burrow's going to have time to find those receivers. Leslie Frazier's defense, he's going to have two safeties playing 50 yards down the field. And <laughs> I mean, that's what's going to happen. I mean, watch the game. I know, I know. And, and you're going to see Chase and Higgins and Boyd making 12-yard catches throughout the game. And, you know, I it, it's so frustrating when you watch a defense and it's third and nine and they can't get off the field. In the last five, six weeks, that's what we've seen for the Bills. They get these teams in third and seven, third and 10, third and 12, um, or against the, the Vikings, fourth and 19 or whatever. It was. Right, right. And, and they can't get off the field. And, and I know I'm joking a little bit. That was obviously just a great play and a fluke play. But but realistically, that's that's what's been happening here. And, and that's why I don't love the Bills in the spot here. Um, I, I think home field, again, is huge. I would say this, from a betting perspective, I think this is a teasable game with Cincinnati here because, again, mm -hmm. I don't see either of these teams getting blown out. I look at this game as whoever's getting over a point or point or more, I'll tease them. If the Bills were getting plus one, I would probably tease them. Um, but in this case, with the Bengals getting the plus one or plus one and a half, I'm going to tease them and get this to a one-score game. I don't think either of these teams can blow the other one out because, quite frankly, I think they're both very good. And I just don't see a blowout coming in this game. I think it's going to be close. Um, obviously for me, I have rooting interest. I hope the bills are going to find a way to win. Realistically, I, I think the Bengals end up winning this game. I hate to say it because, you know, the one seed in the AFC in particular is critical. Um, you know, realistically, I don't know if you've seen the breakouts, but if you've got the one seed in the AFC, you're basically playing a lesser team and then you're playing it go to the Super Bowl after that. If you don't have the one seed, you're probably going to have to play both the Bengals and the chiefs most likely on yeah, the road. Tough. Yeah, and you know, winning two games like that on the road—that's that's a tall task right there for for any team. So, I mean, I think this this one seed is huge. Unfortunately for for my Bills, and I hope I'm wrong, but I, I don't. I think Cincinnati—they have too much going for them in this game. Um, that that I think they're going to find a way to win this game. I'm going to leave it at that because I don't really have anything to add. Um, but it should be a fun one to watch, and I think that offensive line of the Bills versus the defensive line of the Bengals is something to watch as we get into that game and see how that's playing out. Um, that's, that's pretty big. So, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to run uh, like lightning round style through just a few things here to get your thoughts, uh, whether it's a game or just uh, something that's happened. So number one, 
How big is the loss of Lane Johnson for the Eagles? Well, it's big. I mean, he is, you could honestly say he's, he's maybe the most important offensive tackle to his team in the league. Maybe. Now the good news for the Eagles is they have a really good offensive line besides him. um, And they actually have better depth at offensive line than most teams. So I think, I think they'll overcome it. And I think that, you know, realistically, if they can get the one seed, which I think they will, um, I think they're going to be fine because it sounds like he's probably going to be able to come back for the playoff run. So at the end of the day, even though I think his absence is huge, I'm going to put this particular thing is pretty low relevance because I don't think in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's going to impact him much. I think they're going to get that one seed. And if he comes back, they'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, I feel like they need to just go ahead and win this game this week against oh, the yeah. Saints, who yeah. are not a good team. So yep. that's it, it, it's not a traditional tease because right now they're at minus five. But that's another one where I'd love to get them down to just whether it's a money line parlay or whatever, like just have them win. You know, let's not worry about how many I, points, but just win I, the game. I teased them with a, I guess, a, a lesser number when they were minus six and a half. So, okay. yeah, um, you know, I, I, like I teased that. them down. Yeah, I, I think, you know, they're going to win this game. I don't think the Saints are very good. I understand the Eagles are missing some key people, but I, they're going to win this game. Yep. All right. I like that. Uh, let's see here. What do you... Uh, and now let's let's go to the the Dolphins and the Patriots quick. So this is one where I will just say, um, obviously, two is out after concussion number eighty four on the season or whatever it is, and he keeps coming back. Honestly, for his own health, I hope he just like stays away for a while because uh, one season's not worth it. But Teddy Bridgewater playing, I actually am thinking about going back to the Dolphins here just because I don't think the Patriots are very good. And I think with the playmakers on the Dolphins, if Bridgewater can get them the ball, which is a little bit of a question mark, I think they can still score enough points to beat a bad Patriots offense. Um, Any quick thoughts on Tua being out and what that looks like for the Dolphins this week? Well, I think it's huge, but that being said, I think you're right. I think the Dolphins are the right side in this game because I think they are a better team. And I do think that, you know, Bridgewater's an experienced guy. I I mean, it's not like we're throwing someone we don't know in the mix there. And and is he great? Probably not. But I mean, can he go in there? And and oh, by the way, the Patriots have some pretty big injuries too. They got a couple guys in their secondary banged up. Um, You know, they're missing some people too. So I think to your point, if, if they can find a way to get Waddle and Hill the ball here, I think they can come away with a road win here and kind of keep their playoff aspirations alive. I just, I don't think this Patriots team is good at all. I just, I really don't believe they're good. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at too. I mean, just big picture. I think the Patriots are a bottom half of the league team, you know, I mean, they're not atrocious. Their defense especially is okay, but just not good though. So right. Yep. Agreed. Um, all right. Well, that gets us through a lot of the games here. Uh, just to wrap up, why don't we end with, uh, if you had to pick a bet maybe that you like the most, something you've already picked or something else that's come up, what would you say is your favorite spot this week? I, you know, I'm going to go with the Jets. I, I think that that is um, probably the bet that I feel most, you know, the strongest conviction with. I just think that the matchup is good for them. I think they're, you know, they're obviously fighting. I think they're going to fight for their coach there. And I think they're going to find a way to get it done. But I'll, I'll give you one other one, just uh, a little bonus round here. I like the Lions team total this week against the Bears. Mm. The Lions at home absolutely light up the scoreboard. The Lions are healthy, um, really the healthiest they've been offensively all season at this point. And that Bears defense is just not very good. So I, I really, really, really like the Lions team total here. I don't see how they get held under 30 points in this game. Mm. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, the Lions at home are 
are awesome. <laughs> so they're back. They're back home against a bad defense. It's a good spot. I'm. I haven't played it. I'm. It, I don't play many totals over fifty this year because it just doesn't happen very often. But man, this game looks like it could go over to me in general. For for sure, I think they hit sixty points in this game. But I mean, I I opted for the Lions just in case the Bears struggle yeah. offensively because you know they've got some receiver issues. And I mean, how much can Fields do? I mean, maybe a lot. But I I, I just this to me could end up being thirty to twenty, right? Where where the Lions yeah. win or you know something like that, and it doesn't hit the over all over so i I'll, I'll go with the lions over i like it so for me in terms of uh the bets i like most i'll i'll give two as well one is going to be the vikings there's three and a half out there right now so the vikings plus three and a half not something i like to go too often but that just given the spot is one of the ones i like the most and then the other one for me is going to be i really like teasing the steelers and then after that i'm a little iffy but probably with the eagles um would be the the teaser that i would go to those two legs i think are are really solid this weekend so that's the other one i'd be looking at love it i've got the eagles teased i've got them teased with the Bengals, but i like the steelers as i mentioned like the vikings uh you can even look at the panthers so there's some options out there there's some options really are awesome well man thanks for jumping on tonight it's fun to catch up uh after a little time away and and get back into some football it honestly should be a really fun weekend of football uh with some of the stuff that's on the line this is probably i I would say this is the best weekend in the last i don't know month or so as far as the, the the amount of i guess important games happening so it should be a good weekend yep so, but, and anybody watching, listening to this before this weekend, which isn't too far away, make sure you go check out, uh, betcrushers.com. Um, Yanni will have stuff up there. I know you already have your bets article out. I'm assuming you will have something DFS related coming or do you already? And did I just not see it? Yeah, no, that they're both out right now for this week. Okay. DFS and uh, our bets will have a, I'll have a prop article out tomorrow with some player props. And even though I, my player props have not been great, I will tell you there are a few that I absolutely love for this weekend. So hopefully we'll, we'll write the ship on those. Awesome. Yep. Go jump on those articles. Uh, so much good information too. And uh, we'll get on some good spots and hopefully have a good week. Uh, it'd be nice to finish strong with the regular season here. So we need it, man. Good luck to you. I know you too, man. I'll talk All to right. you soon. Take have care. A good night. You too.